<laughs> Glory! Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Whoa! <laughs> Woo! You know, laughter is a higher manifestation than tongues. His tongues is done away with. 1 Corinthians 13. There'll be no more gifts. But enter the joy prepared for you. Meaning, laughter and joy is a much higher, more eternal manifestation than speaking in tongues. It is written. Put that in your crack pipe and smoke it. Now that's what I call worship 2020. Buy the album, redletterman.com. Do your favor and just blast every bit of control you have with the gifts of the spirit out of the water like duck hunting right at the start so that you might grow spiritually by losing control to realms of God you don't know. Let go. Let go. Amen. Welcome, everybody, to another dry Egyptian hell. It's good to... Oh, hey. Whoa, that's my other wrong show. Wrong kingdom, wrong when kingdom. When I backslide, sometimes I get into some dryness. Wow. Oh, Joel's Bar Drunken Glory Broadcast. Drunker than ever. It's always a cup. He never changes the new covenant. You know, he doesn't even change it into a book for you. If you're a good read learner, even if you got a good edumacation. <laughs> Sorry, not the new covenant. The new covenant is not a book. It's not in there. God did, did not say the new covenant is a letter. He didn't say it's a book. He didn't say it was wind. He didn't say it was air. He said it was a cup, and he's not going to change it for anyone. Trust me, we've tested this on 10,000 people's Gospels. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. They sound right. They're all wrong. The Gospel is the cup. The New Covenant is the cup of the New Covenant. If at any point you stop drinking the wine of his blood, you get into what's called the religious demon. You wonder why, man, this ain't fun anymore. It's getting boring. This doesn't get me high anymore. This doesn't get me drunk anymore. What is this? It's called a false gospel of reasoning and intellectualism. That's what Satan is. 
Satan is an intellectual. You can be illuminated with knowledge by the tree of knowledge of the fallen angels. That is the main temptation for everyone after they're born again. Oh, Jesus. Help us, Lord! <laughs> oh, you can't fool me, devil. I've seen your wicked works too many times. They always try to bring you out of the wine. Make it about something else. Thank God for Solomon. And Solomon is the smartest man who's ever lived. Jesus said it. You believe it? Solomon was the wisest man, but he was still a man. Jesus was God, so he's one greater than Solomon's here. <laughs> hey, one smarter than Solomon is here. So the, wi the wisest, smartest person who's ever lived, smarter than all your IQs combined, told you, Song of Solomon 2.4, that heaven is the house of wine. W-I-N-E, the intoxicating stuff, wisdom mixes her wine, the drunken glory, the wine of his presence, it must take over your brain. It must take over all the religious control. That's the main thing holding you back from actual maturity in the charismatic church, even the prophetic church, even the glory stream. How far have you lost control to the wine of God? How much of the cup of the new covenant have you drunk and not thunk? That's the gospel, people. Because that keeps the power of God from men and women. God will never share his power, authority, dominion, might with another. He won't. Only with Jesus. And Jesus can only be drunk. Drink. So you're telling me Gideon's 300 were the most mature covenant people, you could say Christians in Israel? Man, that should be common sense by now. Gideon's 300 were the most mature Israelites, were they? Symbolically, knew how to drink and trusted in the drink. And you can trust the river of life because it flows from the throne. The river goes all the way from the throne to the earth. And the floods bring the new heavens. Days of Noah. Those heavens changed in Noah's days. These are the days of Noah. The heavens are changing. Everything you know about physics, quantum physics, and science will change by the living water that flows from the throne. So you're telling me throne room, living water, Revelation 22. Revelation 22. 22, 22 is the keys of David. Remember how David went up the waterway? 
That's how he took Jerusalem back from the Jebusites. You read the scriptures? Do you understand the Bible? Do you understand the waters from Genesis to Revelation? And since the waters will fill the heavens, you can let the waters rise in you. And the waterways on earth that began in your spiritual stomach, out of your belly flows rivers of living water, John 7, 38, will carry you up into the heavens. The heavens were dry. That's because of the curse of the fall. Fallen angels hate living water. They'll say, have you come to torment me before the appointed time? Religious spirits hate the living water. Religious spirits hate the river. Oh, yeah, they do. You see them manifesting continuously. It's rare to see one, anyone actually discipled in the living water. It's the rarest thing of all Christians in the world is a disciple of the river. And the river is lifted inside of you and takes your heart and brain and bones all the way up to where? Revelation 22, 22, to the throne. What are the keys of David? The keys of the tabernacle of David? The river. What is the elevator from earth to heaven? The river. What is everything in between? Getting washed, getting flooded. I tell you the truth, this gospel is so simple because it's a cup that's an elevator that lifts you all the way up face to face with God. That's the only formula in the new covenant. It will take you all the way there. The river takes you into the promised land. There's nothing more advanced or more mature than the river. You can call the river whatever you want, but the Bible tells you what it is. Do not go beyond what is written. Revelation 22. It is the very substance of God the Father outflowing from the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb. And then it, where does it go? Through anyone born again. You'd say, oh, from the sky. No, that's not how it works. It's not just outside you. That's an immaturity. It's inside you. So the throne room and the release of the throne, if you put Revelation 22 with John 7:38, greatest apostle who ever lived, John, leaned on his heart so he has all the understanding of love and the inner workings of love. And love is the true mark of maturity. John's the elder of the elderly. It is written. John 7.38 and Revelation 22.1. The throne of God that releases the rivers of the Holy Ghost. The living water, he said, is the Holy Spirit. The river is the Spirit of God. They're not separate things. That's insanity. John 7, 38. The rivers of the Holy Ghost that proceed from the throne come out of your belly. How? By your spirit receiving the words that come from God. Oh, yeah. Amen. Ha, 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 ha. Not a dry place in the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, since the second coming of Jesus is called the flood, what do we still have to do? Drench the place. 
drowned the world, drowned the heavens, drowned the sun, drowned the moon, drowned the stars. You realize that's what the Bible teaches? That the floods of the second coming would drown the universe? There will not be any air pockets? Air is the prince of the power of the air. The apostle gave Satan that name. If you're operating in air, you're still operating in religion. Obviously. You need to learn how to operate in the heavens, in the living water. That will get you on a totally different level of maturity. And you're all experiencing measures of it by the simplicity of the cup of the new covenant. Good. Amen. Isn't that exciting? That you get to stay in the river forever. You don't have to come out of the water. The water itself becomes the kingdom. Remember Ezekiel 47. What is the third temple that we've been building here for 15 years? The water temple. Read the Bible. The third temple, the last temple, the only temple of any true new covenant works, everything else is strange fire, is the living water temple, Ezekiel 47. So you are an illegitimate priest if you are not working in the water temple. What temple are you working in? It's not the temple of God. It's the temple of something you think is God, usually in the vain imagination. Usually in Luciferian religious reasoning in a gospel that will steal your joy, steal your finances, steal your health, make you look smart, but have no real fruit in it. Major, major problem in the world right now. We're dealing with it in our community. We're dealing with it in our city. We're dealing with it in our nation. You say, oh, it's, it's a separate issue. You clean up a Christian for only Christ to be in there, which is they, that rock is Christ and water flowed from the rock. Remember Moses, mature apostolic ministry? You clean up the whole world. The Christians carry the cleaner in them. The problem is it's mixed with bugs. It's mixed with absolute insanity of the fallen angels, reasoning, logic, false revelation, false mysticism, false teaching, which is leprosy. We've come to cleanse the lepers. Leprosy represents bad teaching. So that you got leprosy on you instead of living water on you. Crystal clear and sparkling, that's the marriage garments. Anyone that doesn't have the living water flowing out of them is not wearing their marriage garments. Nothing you know in your brain gets you into heaven. It'll all burn zero. Only what's in your spirit, your 21 grams of your heart, has rewards in heaven because God is spirit. You'll, you'll actually burn through the atmosphere and all the knowledge about God won't make it with you into heaven if it's only in your flesh. It has to be in your spirit. It has to be a part of your eternal person. He will write his laws upon the tablets of their hearts. It is written. Amen.
Praise God. He's going to write his word on your spirit. And you know what happens when he writes his word on your spirit? An increase of glory. How does the spirit get built up to encounter the fullness of God the Father's throne room power 24-7-365? Only by believing the scriptures. Only by believing the scriptures. Believing the word is what makes your spirit come alive. Paul says, do not go beyond what is written. But you got to be in the spirit of glory of what is written. Otherwise, it's a dead letter that kills. Remember, Satan only quoted scripture to Jesus. The temptations of Satan, of the Messiah, 40 years in the wilderness or 40 days, was only by scripture. Satan said, this is what the Messiah is supposed to do. And he quoted a Bible verse. And he said, do the Bible. Satan told Jesus to do the Bible. You realize that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells you the devil told Jesus to do the word. Why would he do that? So if people are telling you to do the word, is it always in the river? Is it always in the spirit? Is it always in light? <laughs> Honestly, it rarely is. That's why you got people out there beating people up with truth. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Shooting them in the head with truth nine millimeter. <laughs> Execution style truth murder. You know, the devil kills people with truth. Jesus raises them up. Whose team are you on? Whose interpretation of the scriptures do you have? The carnal minds that's at war against the spirit or the spirit that's eating up the carnal mind. Those are your two teams, your two armies of all souls in the garden and there's no gray area. The sons of God will make you choose sides. Are you on the devil's side? Or are you on our side and there's nothing in between? There's nothing in between. You can't be Laodicean on our watch. You will lose your salvation. It's true. Hallelujah. You'll be thrown down. Remember Final Quest, Rick Joyner says, in this life you can fall from the mountain at any level. At any level you can fall. How? If you get into Satan's pride. If you get into the illumination of reasoning, which is the tree of knowledge that you eat from, that makes you smart in the flesh, the brain, but dead in your spirit, eternity, which is called foolishness. How much of what you're eating is for your brain? That's how satanic you are right now. How much are you eating is for your spirit? That's how divine you are right now. Is everything you do for eternal you, your spirit? Yes. All day long, from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep, because we're normal disciples. It wasn't always that way, but we learned through what we suffered. We stopped doing all that 
horrible temporal acts that had the appearance of godliness but had no substance within. And you just stop. It's called Repentance from Dead Works, Hebrews chapter 9. And it is the very reason while the Lamb's blood was spilt. The Lamb of God was slain for the cleansing of dead works. What is a dead work? The sons of Aaron in Leviticus 10 offered dead works to the Ark of Might. This is why the wine of his blood wars against religious activity and there's a war even in our community right now. There's a war in your members. Half of you don't know who's right. Some of you do. You can only know as you glow by drinking the new wine. All this other fluff, mental illness. It's not true. Even if it's true, it's not true. Nothing the devil says out of truth is true because it doesn't have the wine in it. Remember? Song of Solomon 2.4, he transported me. Not going to get any more mature than that verse. He transported me into his house of wine. <laughs> the miracle of the resurrection is the house of wine. And the wine is his love. And if it's not drunk, it's not experienced. I am like a drunken man because of the Lord, like one who's had too much wine to drink because of his holy words. If you want to be actual prophetic, you have to get drunk on the word. That was the standard in the prophet's day. Jeremiah walked in it. You see it with Samuel. You see it with David. All the prophets experienced the anointing so strongly that it overcame their senses. Peter and Acts falls into an ecstasy because he's a real prophet. The Bible is written by prophets only. The body of Christ is guided by prophets only. Problem is, you got this thing here called Jezebel that people don't even know what it is. It is the sober prophet. She is not drunk as you suppose. She's drunk on the blood of the saints, meaning religion religion that's what she's drunk on sucking your fun out of your bones making you wish you didn't have to go to church that's jezebel's church that's not on earth as it is in heaven guys and i'm not talking about going to the new nightclub churches that just have smoke machines and the cool music i'm talking about being transported into the house of wine <laughs> It's okay to have your natural natural senses tantalized as long as it's in the glory of God and for the glory of God. We're not into carnal Christianity because that pendulum can swing both ways. Just the most boringest thing ever to the most action-packed thing ever, and they're both worthless garbage. They're both dry. The test is the glory. The test is the wine. The test is... The living water. The test is the fire of God. The test is the sacred elements of the anointing oil. Cinnamon. <laughs> Calamus of the cross. Aloe of eagles ascending. Sacred spikenard. Woo! 
saffron so sweet. <laughs> Mix together, pour it on your feet. Rub it in. Rub it in your spine. Oh, make everything fine. God has given you the anointing without measure. Why? Because Jesus in you is his sent one. To him whom I have sent, I have given my anointing, nine sacred elements of the anointing written in Song of Solomon, without measure. Without measure. Hallelujah. <laughs> Your spice rack will never empty. He's given you unlimited cinnamon, unlimited saffron. People are like, well, saffron's expensive. Get that poverty spirit burnt up. Is anything expensive for God? How much of you is not God? How much of your reactions to money are not God? That's the main test. Remember, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Do you? Well, you're not God. You need to get possessed by that guy that owns the cattle ranch. It's true. Way more possessed than this. I'm talking about getting possessed by the cattle ranch owner now. Texas in the house. <laughs> we got a ranch. Where does this stuff come from? What are you thinking, Father God? <laughs> all things, all people. It hopes of saving some. <laughs> the sheep herd the cows. The dogs just lay around drunk. Not your average ranch. <laughs> Very important stuff, though, because we're dealing with measures. It's the Greek that says all or nothing. Are you saved or not saved? That's not biblical. That's not scriptural. All or nothing. Scripture teaches measures. Jesus says measures. The measure you give will be given back to you. Degrees, 2 Corinthians 3.18, degrees of glory, measures of glory. How bright every star in the heavens shines in different degrees of brightness, Romans chapter 9. Measures and degrees. The Greek demonic education says all or nothing, black and white. Well, that's Satan's kingdom you're in. That's not how heaven works at all. You're still in hell. Your brain is in hell. When your brain starts to transition into heaven, you understand measurements. You understand degrees. I'm not talking about the 32 degrees of Freemasonry. Satan's a counterfeiter and a copycat. God had measurements. Jesus spoke in measurements thousands of years before the devil tried to pervert it. So if God ever made anything and it came to earth, you can guarantee Satan perverted it. I mean, that's an elementary understanding. Anything perverted that you have down here came out of something unperverted in virginity from up there. You understand that? Anything perverted in all society came from something out of virginity in God's kingdom. 100% of the time that includes drugs, alcohol, sexuality, riches, greed, pride, education, every single aspect of life on earth perverted by the fallen angels getting unperverted getting virginized by the river of life that lifts you like an elevator that's why it has to flow out of your belly 
out of your innermost being, Greek word womb, because the living water washes the perversion out of you. A human being is a perverted being because it's a fallen being. Not necessarily totally immoral, but totally immoral. The living water is the virginity of the lamb. Spear in his side, blood and water poured out. I don't think that's ever going to run out, do you? Aren't you glad he's given you the hole of his death? The death hole. Death hole ministries. Death. <laughs> I can hear some of, uh, some of your thoughts here. Uh, there's a lot of viewers right now wondering, well, how do I tell the difference between when someone's speaking out of that religious place of truth but from the demonic perspective I want to bring up what Brandon was just preaching about the other day is the father being completely balanced and stable in all his ways we're looking at the gyroscope of the father the all in all his balance in all his things the tree of life is drunk the fruit makes you drunk what do you look on one side of the tree? You see justice. Equal and opposite on the other side, you see mercy. He has both in perfect balance according to his measurement of light, true light, peace, and joy, truth, and love from the Father's perspective, through His lens. The fallen angels only take one side or the other. It's like a severed tree, black and white. They will have what they call, when they're teaching, you'll hear it's something that sounds like love, but it's missing a whole lot of truth. So you rightly divide the words that are being said. You'll hear something that's accurate, factual, but there won't be any love dripping. No oil. What is love? God is love. His Holy Spirit, anointing, oil, fire, love, peace, joy, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control, so all the severity of the Father in perfect love. Satan's kingdom, it's all one-sided or the other. There's no balance. It's like the solar system of light of the man Jesus Christ, the sun, S-U-N, sun of righteousness inside you with all the stars and planets in perfect alignment without it being off its axis, throwing things out of balance in the fallen world that we're in right now. Seeing only black and white, truth without love, what you call love, which is false love without truth, what you call justice, that's not any justice. There's no mercy, no measures of mercy. Giving only what they call mercy to the wicked. That's sin. There's no balance in the perfect. What is the perfect gyroscope? It's the internal solar system of light of the Son of God, Jesus Christ within you. Perfectly balanced and spinning the wheels. What you see within him turning within, burning without. The very sun is your eye. His very light, his son, becoming your soul, the Father's soul. Well, Jesus is the very image of the Father. And as we're beginning to believe that again, 
He's adjusting our solar system of light inside in perfect emotional alignment. It's the gyros it's a it's a chemical gyroscope as well for your emotional health and well-being. Perfectly balanced. His truth it'll cut it'll cut through the lies that might hurt, but he has soothing oil and balm for it and love to heal. Bringing all of your emotions, all of your hormones into perfect balance through that gyroscope of light, the internal solar system of God. No longer fallen off balance, off kilter. Things not in alignment. We command the stars and the planetary celestial beings to come into alignment. All of them. The sound of our voice. All that was touched and put out of alignment in your solar system within and without. By the fallen angels and their depravity. We command under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ within us as sons and daughters of God, as one body in Christ, united in the Father by the Holy Spirit, that these celestial beings come into perfect alignment in Jesus' name. Amen. And be healed in your emotions and your hormones and your physical body and in your family in all your life, in and out, top to bottom. In Jesus' name, amen. in the river. Perfect love. 
There it is. Release. Hey, hey, man. Woo! <laughs> Glory. Release the angels to give you heavy injections of drunken glory into all 206 of your bones that your marrow be injected with the Father's glory. Your spirit be programmed with the spirit of Jesus to completely glorify your flesh apart from religion. Amen. That's what holiness is. You know, holiness is to be set apart. And the only thing you need to get set apart from is religion, which is the fallen angel's pride. In order to do that, you have to become prophetic, which means redeem things that belong to the devil. Y'all know the song? I went into the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he stole the whole planet from you. He stole your bloodlines. He stole your bank accounts. He stole your divine jobs. He stole your angelic inheritance. There isn't one thing he didn't steal. So you have to go into the enemy's camp or into the realms of enemies, which is religion, in order to take back what he stole from you. That's why we're tomb raiders. That's why I go into the seven dungeons and the seven mountains and I'm with and upon as the white eagle, the seven-headed Hora Babylon beast system on top of the seven points of the seven pyramids, one on your dollar bill. Because you have to go into hell to bring heaven. Remember the days of Noah, the waters filled all the low places. The waters filled all the places of sin. The waters filled all the places of the giants, the Nephilim, filled their temples, their ziggurats, all the Sumerian sorcery of old, the ancient sorcery, the ancient witchcraft of the fallen angels of the Book of Enoch writes about. The floods of Noah had to fill those places. So when Jesus says his coming now is like the floods of Noah, those are the places getting filled. And it's got to start in us if we want to be carriers of the flood. Remember, Psalm says that the throne of God rests over the flood waters. Meaning you have to become proficient in the whole underwater world in order to be a throne room Christian. And what do you get? Over the flood, the rainbow of Revelation 4 and 5, called the mind of Christ. The new rulership and leadership of this world flooded because you and I got holy, set apart from religion. Set apart from Christian culture. I tell you the truth, things are so corrupted by Jezebel, you need to get set apart from Christianity. 
to come into the glory, you need to get set apart from false Christianity. You know, the most messed up people we've had, hundreds of interns over the years, are the people that have gone through all the glory stream schools. Literally the most demon-possessed people we've ever had. The ones that went through the big wig glory stream schools were the most demonized people we ever had in our internship program. Meaning, you want to walk in throne room glory? In high rainbow seven spirit of God throne upon the floods, crystal sea, Jesus Christ glory? You need to be set apart from charismatic Christianity. Not even optional. Getting set apart from the mind of man. What are the highest levels of man's mind? Jezebel. The highest ability of a human being after they're born again is getting into the witchcraft of the principality of Jezebel. Jesus warned his Christians about it after they're filled with the glory of God, walking amongst the golden lampstands with the angels of the seven churches. Whoa! What are you doing with that lady Jezebel? Witchcraft that has the appearance of charismatic Christianity. Be set apart from it. Stuff still murders the sons of God. You guys tolerate the stuff that still is the Antichrist within the context of the spiritual gifts? Get a life! It's like harboring a serial killer in your churches and there ain't one church on the planet that don't. Why? Scripture says she has become a house of every unclean spirit. I will let the building made by human hands, human Christianity, become the temple of hell, says the Lord. So that which is not made by man would be visible. The problem is, even amongst the greatest prophetic and apostolic leaders right now, there is a very high concentrated level of the principality of Jezebel. It's, 
because we're at the very early stages of the day of the Lord. So that mixture is the worst it's ever been right now. We'll get it out of them. We'll disciple every leader into perfection water, crystal clear, sparkling river, Revelation 22 reality. That's why we're here, to make sure it's done properly. Predestined, foreordained, sons of God, 1981, Bob Jones prophecy. Otherwise, the charismatic church be the most witchcraft-filled church forever. It would have been, unless the sons raised the standard against Jezebel that most charismatic gifted prophets can't even see while they're doing signs, miracles, and wonders and giving accurate prophecies. What makes that the most deceiving system? Because it's not about being right and wrong in the brain. It's not about getting you know, your, your times and your prophecies accurate. Soothsayers can do that. The Bible's filled with soothsayers that were accurate. What makes you different than a soothsayer being a prophetic person? The holy glory. <laughs> the new wine of the new covenant. The house of wine serving the Father's throne. One of the things I've watched in 15 years of hand-to-hand -hand combat with the principality Jezebel is that she loves deceiving by accuracy. She loves being accurate and telling people how accurate her prophecies were. Look at how she got all her stuff right. So that, I've watched this, probably 98% of charismatic Christians right now are deceived by Jezebel. I don't want to say 99, but it's probably 99, maybe a little more than that. But I'll say 98. Why? Because I've dealt with tens of thousands of them. Few can discern. Few can discern. The only way I've ever found anyone that can discern Jezebel's highest level fallen angel deception of the Luciferian light that's actually darkness that still has signs, miracles, wonders, and all the gifts of the Spirit from throne room glory is people that are heavy drinkers of the new wine. The drinkers are the only ones set apart on the planet from the highest degree of satanic deception of Jezebel. I've watched and I've tried everything. They told me, you know, water it down and make it more people pleasing and do this, do that, try all this stuff. I have, and there's still hell and demons in those areas. We've tested all of it. I've tested every boundary stone here. The only thing that separates you from Jezebel is the new wine of the new covenant. The charismatic church is completely infested. How do you come out of her, my people? Have a drink of Solomon's wine, the wine of wisdom, Proverbs 9.1. The mixed wine has opium in it, guys. Woohoo! So church should be more like an opium den if we're going to be biblical. Duh. Unless you're totally from the crypt of the whitewashed tomb of hell. These things should not be extreme. These are the basic foundations of the Garden of Eden, Hebrew word pleasure. You think opium is a counterfeit of something growing in Eden? What is your experience with God? My experience with God, 21 years ago, I was struck paralyzed, felt 10,000 watts of electricity surge through my body, 
for two and a half hours. Physical scales fell off my eyes. Couldn't open my eyes. It was too bright. Had four pastors carry me hand and foot into a small office. Drove demons out of me for two hours. Set me on a couch as I'm sizzling in what feels like liquid lightning. And then I hear the audible voice of God over my head saying, I will make you more high than all the drug addicts. And I'll make them jealous of how high I get you. That was the first day I was born again. That was October 15th. 1999 that was my conversion and it started in 10,000 watts of glory of physically experiencing the throne of God's glory more stronger than all the opium all the cocaine all the acid all the alcohol all the drugs I've ever done combined day one that was the first day that was the standard. He's like, I start out in a greater superior pleasure than all the pleasures of your rebellion combined. That's my testimony. And he's never let me down in 21 years. We live in the Garden of Eden, spiritually and with our mind. And our body feels it on earth. Since it's a spiritual garden, it grows in your heart. And your body can live in that place. Mine has for 21 years. I was born in the promised land to show you in this generation what's available for every person to live in the Garden of Eden in thousands and thousands of watts of liquid glory electricity. So that that would be the standard of the sons of God in this generation on earth as it is in heaven actually actually which is my god an opium den and they don't like that but it's truth anyhow drugs were created by god not satan but since your mind is so warped and perverse from the fall you say oh that must be sin it's not sin i'm talking about angelic ecstasy and there's a lot more than just angelic ecstasy but the bible actually says angelic ecstasy in 1 Corinthians 13 just so you know there's angelic ecstasy <laughs> and there's ecstasy and all the apostles that are real apostles have ecstasies Matthew, Mark, Luke and John to Revelation with not one exception I mean that's the evidence that you're actually experiencing the correct God and you're not a total freaking Pharisee that you're falling into ecstasies that you're actually at times out of your mind for God in ecstasy and sometimes in your mind for them to explain it to them because the mysteries are so deep. This is normal, apostolic, 2,000-year-old biblical Christianity that this generation has barely tasted. So it's not that you're going to mature out of the drunken glory. It's just you barely had a sip. Because the drunken glory is the resurrection. What do you think the wine he's serving in the wine marriage supper of the Lamb is? The wine of the resurrection. Proverbs says that like a strong man risen after having too much wine to drink. Who do you think the strong man of Israel is? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your Savior. Proverbs says that when he rose from the dead, he was like having too much wine to drink. Hung over unhappiness 
Sorry. <laughs> if you're anti-new wine, you're anti-cup of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. That's literally anti-Christ. If you're anti-new wine, anti-drunken glory of the Father. There's only two kingdoms. You're either in the kingdom of light, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in his cup of the new covenant of wine, which makes you drunk. There's only one other kingdom. There's nothing else in between. You might not realize it, but it's true. Do not any let anyone ever sober you up with sober teaching. When the Bible says be sober, it's not talking about being sober on the anointing and losing your salvation because you gave someone all of the wine of Revelation. Remember, he turned your water into wine and do not harm the oil and wine, Revelation says. What we so do because we don't value the substances of his glory high enough is that we let people steal our oil and steal our wine with the big demon riding on their back. And I've never met a teacher who taught mixture or religion that didn't that knew they had a demon on them they don't know they're ignorant so they're doing the best they can they think you they're telling you the truth the issue is when you're ignorant you're perishing for lack of knowledge my people are dying because they're lying <laughs> and they're lying because they're in the grave and in the grave they're covered in the grave clothes and those clothes are the words of religion those clothes are the Satan's interpretation of Scripture you're either gonna be clothed in the father's interpretation glory whoa it is for freedom I set you free I wonder what freedom looks like Woo! you have no idea or it's gonna be <laughs> the words of Satan clothing you and Jesus said that's what a Pharisee is a whitewashed tomb was clothed in the words of Satan that were perverted from God. They had the word outwardly, but not the word inwardly, and there is no fruit from the word because the word was not planted in their spirit, and their spirit was the greed of Satan. Jesus said that they were greedy lovers of money. Their spirit was actually fully 100% as idolatrous as Satan himself. They were of the fallen angels. Their father was the devil. But outwardly, they had the whole Bible added unto their flesh. But they never bore the fruit of the word. That's why when someone came around and was a fruit bearer of the word, they accused them of being a false prophet. You seen that? Your whole life. Because the whole Christian church is full of Pharisees. Thousands and millions of them, guys. Millions! Not a small amount. Millions. It's an infestation of Jezebel and Satan with the perversion of the Messiah's original design of Christianity. And we're here to clean it up. We're going to clean it up with drunken glory, freedom that they're going to call rebellion, revelation they're going to call cult, demonstrations of power that they're going to call Beelzebub. <laughs> the principality of the power of the underwater airways of light. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mix it up, make it fun here. We'll get a little too serious on you. Maybe grow your personality in the glory a little more. 
Amen. You want the glory in your personality because the emotions of the Holy Ghost are the fruits of the Spirit. Drunk. There's no such thing as having the fruits of the Spirit and not being a happy person. Hello? You have to be happy and laughy to have fruit because joy is evidence that you're saved. Restore the happiness of my face so people can know I'm still saved and I haven't fallen with Lucifer after I've been born again. So you won't walk away sad like the idolatrous man. Tell you what, you get the idolatry removed from you, you'll bear the countenance of your father on your physical face. <laughs> 1 Timothy 1.11 emphasized translation says, The gospel is the glad message of the glory of the happy God. The gospel is the glad message of the glory of the only happy God. Buddha ain't happy. Don't be deceived by the statues. He doesn't have a belly like that either. He's famished. You look at him in hell, looks like he's been eaten by cockroaches. Only God the Father has got a belly like Buddha. And in that belly, you live and move and have your being. <laughs> it's true. Do you know that you live inside the belly of God when you're born again? Your brain has to get renewed to it. But all the deception that doesn't have your whole being, your bones, even physically transported inside the father's womb, the father's belly, big, fat, father God belly, in him because the fat is what he likes oh he loves the fat guys the fatness Butter is the, the glory fatness represents prophetically the glory of god in the bible it's true the butter in the cream the oil in the butter the fatness his chariot wheels drip with fatness the father only received the fatness of the animals the rest of the priests ate the meat he just wanted the fat he just put them on a diet for thousands of years he told the Levites, just give me the fat of the offering. Burn the fat. <laughs> it's the excess. It's the abundance. Overflow. It's the prosperity of God the Father. It's true. So if you're not living in a fat belly, I guarantee you, you're inside a demon right now. You need light. You need the light for your path. You need a lamp for your feet. <laughs> and I'm not just being funny. You can take that word to the bank. It's written in the word. It's literal. You need to live inside the fat of God's belly. Otherwise, you'll be orphaned. You'll be poor. You'll be struggling. You'll be full of religion, full of demons, serpent bites, snakes, poison. You won't be happy. You won't be blessed. You'll be cursed. You'll be anxious. You'll be fearful. You need a baptism of God the Father's waistline. Size four, four, four. They don't even make them that big on earth. Nephilim, eat your heart out. Just resting in the belly of the father, in the belly of the whale. God was looking at the fallen angels, watch your sons in disappointment, but like they're kind of small. Really, only 90 feet? That's as big as you can get them, devil? Weak. Weak. You know, it's funny. I've seen into the future hundreds of years, sometimes thousands. And there's a time coming in the future where even though the fallen angels 
took wives and produced Nephilim. And they're all gone and being destroyed in Lake of Fire and every last remnant of Satan's seed will just bam, gone. Like, won't even have a record of it in the world. No one will remember. Like, there's never a curse of the fall after the glory cleans it up. But then there's the glorification of his sons and daughters. And do you think he will let his sons and daughters be physical giants? I've seen it. He hasn't allowed it because he's very humble and he loves proving the angels wrong and he's got all kinds of amazing ways of wisdom. And he has a game plan and a mastermind and a spirit that's orchestrating it and angel armies doing everything. Everything is going according to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ's plans perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. He doesn't even need your help. He needs your yielding. He needs you to yield to his plans. He doesn't need your ideas. He definitely doesn't need your opinions. And the worst of all, he does not need your interpretations of scripture. That's the worst. That's the one that just perplunk, completely fallen. What he does need is surrendered, yielded vessels that come with a blank page signed at the bottom and just tell Father God to fill it up, whatever you want to do. Then he can actually fulfill some of his plans on earth through you. But if you come with all of your wants and cares on that whole list of crap, he'll barely ever use you one bit in your whole life. The only people God can use are blank pages signed at the bottom with their blood because it's a blood covenant. And if you got stuff on your pages right now, that's a blockages where God cannot use you. It's, it grieves me so much. And I usually don't say anything because it's so constant every day of ministry for 15 years. People telling me what they want. I'm just like, man, you're just not going to make it. There's no chance you'll ever serve God. Not in great glory, not powerfully. Because you're full of your own ideas, your own plans, your own wants, cares. You'll be saved. You'll have a part in the kingdom. But you'll never be great in the kingdom until there's nothing on that page. And you can actually let God's spirit write it in with fire. And you're not flinching. You just learn how to get tattooed and got a high pain tolerance. God will write some crazy stuff on your scroll. But he'll only write it if you give him a blank page. You got to give him some clean skin to tattoo on. And then you're not coming up with like, oh, but I want a fish. I want a dragon. Oh, I want a raven. He's like, what kind of tattoo do you want, Dad? This is the body of Christ, not the body of you and me. Interesting. I want a holocaust. That's what he told me. A holocaust? Like Adolf Hitler? No, the word holocaust was actually the word in the Moffat translation of the Bible before Adolf Hitler had a holocaust. So it's, it was deca uh, decades before the, the false holocaust for the baptism of fire. God the Father, he doesn't pay attention to the rebellious people, even though they pervert his stuff like Adolf Hitler did with the fire of God and Holocaust. That, that term was written in the Moffat translation of the Bible decades before Adolf Hitler killed Jews. It belongs to God, not Satan. 
God wants a holocaust. You understand that? And he wants you to be his SS officers. Song of Songs, SS. Can you enforce the fire, the spice, the wine of the Garden of Eden? Putting people on railroad cars and sending them to heaven on a glory train? Amen. Holy Ghost Auschwitz. Where he will burn a billion soul harvests in a holocaust like an oven for the Father's glory. And if you don't understand that's what the Father wants to do for this in this generation, you're clueless. And if you can't handle the freedom of those words, you'll never walk in the power to bring any of it into being. Because part of the vocab of the English language then still belongs to the devil. Nothing belongs. You can't give communication to the devil. You cannot give the English language to Satan. Because that becomes the stronghold of the garments of darkness. Remember, we learned earlier today that the garments you wear are the words of either Satan or Jesus. The clothing on your spirit right now, every single one of you, is the words of Satan or the words of God. And there's nothing in between. Jesus said, sow or sow in seed. And then the birds came and an enemy sowed these seeds. Wow. So the enemy is a sower, sowing seed, pretending to be the most perfect Christian in the world. Exactly. Enemy always comes looking like Bill Johnson or Mother Teresa or something like that. Someone you can really, really trust. Sound doctrine, doctorate in divinity. Oh, even miracle signs and wonders there, eh? Leading them to astray. Why? Because there's no wine in it. That's the only thing I've seen over the years dealing with all the demons of hell, all the different denominations. Testing this, we did one month in 2017. We did 75 million souls reached in one month. 75 million in one month advertising, focused, marketing, targeting souls inside houses, 75 million reached. So I got the perspective of 75 million souls in 195 nations. That's kind of like my laboratory, experimenting on the nations, where they're at, what words they believe, their cultures, and you just see and you test them with the glory inside your words. There's some glory in some nations. It was mostly just darkness and hell everywhere. But there was some positive response to throne room glory. We are so many light years beyond 2017 now in 2020. I like the Gregorian calendar. I mean, it's 2020. It's true. And I, the Jewish calendar is great too. And it's also 2020 in the Jewish calendar. <laughs> it is. You are in the year 2020 or 6,020 in the Jewish calendar. It's true. And so what he's going to do this year is bring a holocaust. That's your prophetic word from your senior leadership at Red Letter Ministries. Holocaustal baptism. Praise God. Yeah. And so he's making SS officers. Put me in the oven next. 
You're going to be so bad to the bones. On Song of Solomon, New Wine, SS, Song of Songs. That you won't even bat an eye before you baptism in wine. You won't even flinch at all their little petty excuses, the religious doctrine. I mean, you are hard as nails on the new wine. Where these people can't deceive you. There ain't a serpent, a snake, a dragon, a flying demon in bat in hell that could ever pull you out of the house of wine ever again. You're too strong. You finally have experienced so much of the divine love of the Garden of Eden that you will never come out of union with your beloved. Since God is love and it's an ever-increasing glory since the planting of the gospel 2,000 years ago, we know that his love has grown up in us to produce the tabernacle of David as the house of wine. Right, the ha the tabernacle of David is the house of wine. How are you gonna get them in? You gotta be SS officers because these people are stuck on stupid f counterfeit SS, stuck on stupid. Instead of song of songs, it's stuck on stupid, and they are really stuck, meaning they won't budge. They are stubborn. They are very much anti-Christ to the definition. And all their ways and thoughts constantly are against the true SS Holocaust of Jesus Christ. And so you have to be militant officers, good soldiers. I mean, you have to be well trained and skilled in revelation and in the substance of new wine and in the power of God and with your angel armies. In fact, I don't even know how you're going to make it unless you don't command at least 60,000 angels. You're going to be taken out. You can't even be a leader in this world in the glory of God without a minimum army of 12 legions. Jesus said that's the minimum requirement to take a little city. Jerusalem was a tiny city compared to today's cities. You know, they call it a city if there's 10,000 people in it. We call that a town. What is that? It's the boonies, man. Nowadays, you got millions and tens of millions in cities. A real city. You're going to need more than 12 legions people more legion is 6,000 angels a myriad is 15,000 angels some of you will be captains of myriads of armies depending on your rank and authority and they'll all be different and there's no equality whatsoever in heaven that's insanity just get that crap burnt out of your head everyone has a rank everyone has a stature everyone has an army the size of your army is the size of your rank in God's kingdom forever that's why when you read about bob jones going into heaven as near-death experience some people going into heaven had 12 angels some had one angel people got into skin of their teeth other people coming in with a legion of angels she was a great minister in her day gee whiz you're telling me that their rank on earth was according to the size of their angel armies obviously obviously so let that be sound doctrine and be established for all christians in the whole planet your rank in Joel's army is exactly in proportion to your angel army. And let no one break rank so that we as one army of one new man of every nation, tribe, and tongue can serve God the Father perfectly, accurately, without any envy, jealousy, or strife. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Support the vanguard.
support the front lines and tell your neighbor and tell everyone you know start supporting red letter ministries we have 20 families on the front lines this is incredible works that you're seeing the tabernacle of david be established before your very eyes in the whole planet every day at joel's bar every day at daniel's tower every day at neverland acid and all of Rebecca's broadcasts, and all of Shadrach's broadcasts, and all of Steve's broadcasts, and all the ones that are still to come after us that are waiting on your financial support so that we can fuel them in what God has called them to do in full-time ministry. Just like David supported 400 full-time worshipers 24-7, that was their job, so shall we support 400 full-time ministers according to the word of God in Red Letter Ministries, and the nations will rejoice in the support of the glory of God and the ministers of the glory, for we have changed the world and rid the world of sin, sickness, and disease by the Lamb of God through our ministries. In Jesus' name, donate at redlettermen.com, and we'll see you tomorrow. So